0: Welcome to Off The Cut, a podcast where we talk about building, making, and answering all of your questions. I'm Eric from Spenceley Design Co. And I'm Zach
1: from Zach Builds. If you have a question that you would like us to answer on air, you can send it to offthecutpodcast at gmail.com.
0: You can find both of us on YouTube, Instagram, and unfortunately, because we have to keep up with kids, you can find us on TikTok too. All
1: right, now let's get into the show.
0: welcome to off the cut episode 80 we're up in toronto to- off the cut uh-oh and answering all Earth of your the questions the i'm eric from Spencer. killing me oh my <laughs> gosh uh we're up in toronto and all the way in sweden today is known as tuesday september 5th 2023 but i've realized that's wrong because oh, of yeah. the international date line but Uh, Here in Ohio, today is respectfully dedicated to the food of the day, cheese pizza. But before we get to that, you'll likely notice that I mentioned Sweden in the intro. You know what that means. That's right, folks. Unlike the Green Suitors podcast who couldn't get guests to join their embarrassing excuse for a podcast, even if their life depended on it, we've got yet another guest. He's got an impressive YouTube catalog spanning more than four years and 160 videos. He's got the obligatory woodworker's beard, way better than Zach and I will ever have. Uh, he's a connoisseur of fine furniture from his local Ikea store, and he buys knockoff Festool sanders, so you don't have to.
2: Welcome to the show, Pierre, <laughs> but you probably know him better as a Swedish maker. <laughs> Thanks, that was great. Yeah, the knockoff uh, Festool sander, I forgot about it. its I, I still have it in a drawer somewhere. Does it still work? <laughs> uh, yeah, it still works, but it it isn't very good. Like compared to the Festival Sander, it's uh, crap.
3: Okay. Right.
0: Okay. That that was the first video of yours that I saw pop up and I was like I've got to watch this cuz everybody is always, you know, complains at the Festival Sander so much and that the, this knockoff one was substantially cheaper. Did you find it on like Alibaba or like where was it from?
2: Yeah, it was it was a Chinese site. Yeah, I think it was Alibaba. Now that you say it, um, and I was hoping to get the green color on the switches and stuff, but uh, mine was yellow uh, for some reason. But I, I've seen there are green green buttons on some places, so they they try to knock it off quite good. But it, it's not the same. It's not like the the other some other companies, you know. You can find the knockoff that is quite good. Like, and this was actually not one made... of them. No, <laughs> no hold on. i sorry.
1: I, I actually haven't seen this video. Oh, come so... on. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Does it actually say Festool on the side of it?
2: No, it doesn't. No.
1: Okay. So it's just like a generic, but it's styled to look like the Festool one?
2: Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
1: Okay. Okay. It I wasn't looks... sure how deep the counterfeiting
0: went. Spitting image. Like, it even has the same, like, um, You know, where you plug your dust dust collector hose and has like little notches and all that kind of stuff. Like the buttons look the exact same. Same shape. Looks like it came from the exact same like blow molded plastic thing. Well, I mean, that's relatively easy
1: to do. So maybe that's what they did. They bought a Festool one. They took a mold of it and then they just started making their own injection molds of it.
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
2: So what
0: was the reaction or like – so when you put that video out, how did people react or – What made you want to make that video? Was it just like personal curiosity?
2: Yeah, I think it was personal curiosity. And I also, when I saw it, I, I, I don't know, I think I saw it on Reddit somewhere and I thought, does people know that this exists? Like I haven't seen any videos on Festool counterfeits before. So, right, yeah.
1: I think all of that, like the, it's a big thing in the PC world, like knock off things off of AliExpress so I think the idea of uh, like knockoff tools is is very enticing to me for some reason. I think there's just a natural level of curiosity there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people want to know. You know, like you look at a Festool sander. It's it's a premium sander. It's you know five, six, seven hundred dollars here, and you're thinking, I can get another sander for a fifth of the price.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Am I really? getting what i'm paying for and Pierre, you showed us you're definitely not getting much of a
2: sander for,
0: for that knockoff one that you found like no 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 it, uh,
2: i i watched your last video eric um where you basically said all of these do the same exact thing which yeah. i think is very true for for drills and but yeah, for a sander, it, I think it's a bit, bit of a difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah.
0: But th- the, the aim of that video was to hit an audience of people kind of just getting, maybe getting started in woodworking that like they're typing in what brand tool should I buy? Those are the people that I'm speaking to. Yeah. The four of us, you know, we have experience with tools. And if you're going to look at a circular saw just by looking at the circular saw or feeling, you know, how the way certain pieces flex or like the way the something locks on it. You and all of us know very quickly. No, that's not for me. Yeah. But somebody who's just getting into woodworking making, they look at all this stuff and they go, well, this drill just, you know, drives in fasteners and it drills holes. (laughs) It spins. What does it matter? And for those people, (laughs) it, doesn't matter no
1: i mean and i think we've talked about this on the show before but you have to get to a certain level of skill before you can appreciate the niceties of some of these like higher-end tools it's you know like the the being accurate to 0.001 degree on your miter saw doesn't matter when you're just making cornhole boards for the first time or whatever right right
0: if somebody who's going out looking even finding out about the name Festool and then thinking, I want a festool sander, and they go, Oh, it's you know, several hundred dollars, and they're not really put off by that, is someone who is going to want to know if that sander doesn't perform to a super, super high level. Someone who's just in maybe in your example, slapping together some cornhole boards on the weekend, they're not even gonna look or entertain a six hundred dollar sander. Yes. Right? and that's okay, so what it's came for.
1: Here, while we're on the subject of the sander, I now have to know, is it you know, it's not as good as the Festool sander, but is it as good as your average run of the mill 50, 60, 100 dollar sander?
2: Yeah, I would I would probably say yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, it, it so seems maybe similar.
1: If you're comparing price to like dollar for dollar, then then it's actually maybe not a horrible value.
2: No, maybe, maybe it isn't. Uh, I, I, I can't remember what I stated in the video, but the, the downside of buying stuff like that is the guarantee and all of that stuff that right. you don't, that's get all at the window. Like, Good yeah, luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: So speaking of tools, this is one thing
0: that I, I get messages about this. And I know for Zach getting certain tools, especially large tools can be really challenging in Canada. Yeah. Tell me about getting tools overseas. Is it more challenging, less challenging? Is like if you less- want to
2: order something is it insanely expensive? Uh some some of the stuff is like I was uh, looking to get a new table saw recently and I thought, well, everyone has a saw stop. I I want a saw stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's impossible to get here. <laughs> it so, would be an insane amount of shipping. Uh, would you have basically here. spent the same amount in
0: shipping as you would have on the saw? Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm surprised oh. there's not a European... For, I mean, SawStop is such a big company. I'm surprised they don't have some European distribution partners to uh, to help out with that.
2: Yeah, I was a bit surprised, since it's yeah. actually Festool who owns the right. company, I think, right? right.
1: That's true, yeah. yeah. Well, I know they're made in the, in the game, US, right? but yeah, I guess it should all be owned in a Germany. That's very surprising, yeah, actually. Yeah, huh.
2: yeah, yeah. So some of the stuff is... I I also got the uh, the X-Carve. Uh, like two years ago, yeah, like um, like a sponsored deal with yeah. the, uh, Inventables, and uh, the sh- I didn't have to pay for the shipping, of course, but the shipping was insane. It was I I think it was a bit more than the machine. It was the regular X Carve. <laughs> oh, just for the
1: regular one. So I have the X Carve Pro now, and when that was shipped to me, first of all, it came. It didn't come in you know just a FedEx. Like they sent a uh so they sent it on a pallet with a forklift when I got it. Yeah. And uh yeah, I think the shipping was like $2,000 or something like that. It was nuts. Wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so is that why you ultimately uh, ended up with the Laguna in the new shop?
2: Yeah, yeah, that was the um, it's kind of a sexy table saw in my eyes. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. digital readout is nice. Oh, that's nice, yeah. And it's accurate as as from what I've seen so far at least.
1: That's awesome
0: yeah how mad did people get when they saw your wife trying to move that cast iron table saw in like sandals? Did people get mad
2: <laughs> uh, so- some people commented on it and said, <laughs> that she's not afraid of her feet uh, but no, <laughs> but it was funny, like um, it was her birthday, so like I think it was a day after the video or something i we had a party for her, and we I got a bit drunk, of course, and this guy. <laughs> This guy I know in Sweden. He had a um, Laguna Seaflux. It's the dust collector. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he said, "Do you want to buy it?" So I bought it. while drunk, but it's <laughs> it's a three phase machine that uh, I have it in the shop right now because I bought it from him. <laughs> I can oh. hardly fit it inside of here, and I can't hook it up because it's um, I don't have power for it. <laughs> oh no! Is so that... you... go ahead, Zach.
1: Does Sweden, do you, is 220 power standard there? 220, yeah. 220 volts? Yeah, okay. That must yeah. be nice at least. It's basically yeah, it
0: anywhere nice. that's not North America <laughs> has <laughs> adequate power. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, so tell us about your new shop. Like what what, what made you want to get into this? What were some of the challenges in the new shop? Like what are you most excited about? Because everybody always gets so excited when someone moves to a new shop
2: yeah yeah um, I am a bit excited for this shop, but this is also like a temporary shop. So we moved to a to a farm this summer uh, and there's a big big barn on the farm, and i want to re i want to build a workshop inside of the barn that's okay. gonna be a lot bigger. so this is kind of like a temporary workshop, okay um there in the part where I'm gonna big build the workshop, there are currently two massive silos Ooh. Uh, that we need to get out of there, and then I can start building an actual workshop. So that's what I'm mostly excited about.
1: Okay, so are in this new temporary workshop? Then are you focused on making things that are portable that you can then transport later to the new shop?
2: Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that was the intention of getting the the dust collector. That uh, I can't use, but like it's for the future workshop. That's what I keep telling my wife, at least.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I I know all about that. I'm I'm in the process of getting a a bandsaw and a dust collector that I can't plug in. Um, But it's like it's an opportunity I can maybe take advantage of now, and I'm just gonna sit on these crated tools for six months to a year. But (laughs) you know, are you gonna
1: put? Are you going to put the crated tools in your house or in
0: your shop? Oh, they're going to be in the garage.
1: Okay, okay, that'll be interesting.
0: Miranda would kill me if I just had a crated dust collector sitting in the (laughs) living room. (laughs) (laughs) That would not fly. Or have a bandsaw in the kitchen.
1: Well, you could use it for slicing meat. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, get a loaf of bread.
3: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly.
0: But you're planning to move, right, Eric? Or are you? Yeah yeah, so we're getting married in April, and then our apartment lease ends in like the middle of July or August. So we'll have you know three to four months to to search for a house before our apartment lease ends. and uh, worst case scenario, we can just rent from like month to month. It costs a little bit more, but it buys us the patience until we find the house that we want. So mm. we're slowly getting there.
2: so it must be nice looking for a house with a workshop in mind right (laughs) yeah
0: so i think what we're gonna do is try to find one that has ideally i would love a two-car garage but even if i only get a one-car garage i would be more than happy with that Mm -hmm. because it would be you know some place that i can actually change like the power requirements i can have more than one outlet yeah. And not have to worry about blowing the fuse breaker and then lying to the apartment complex why <laughs> all the power is out. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm overly excited for. That's why I was asking you about your shop because like I'm sure you're thrilled to like see all this potential of what it could do and like how it's gonna help your business by, you know, having a little bit bigger of a space. Yeah. Yeah. So you you're doing this full time right now. You're running your, your business as full time.
2: You quit yeah. your job. Yeah, I quit my job. I uh, I was working as a like a vice principal, but I've been a teacher in the past as well. Okay. And I was dreading going to work. I was absolutely mm-hmm. dreading it. And then my my father in law, he's got like four farms basically, and okay. four kids. So he he basically divided the farms onto the, the children. Oh, so we oh. we had an opportunity to like move here and uh and uh, my wife got a job as a teacher and uh, I uh, I am hoping to be able to do this as a full-time thing which I think is possible um yeah. So I've been I've been trying to focus the last year or so on <laughs> trying to make videos a bit better yeah. like I did did the the course with the Colin and Samir Yeah. Oh um, yeah, How was that- I was like That was really good. I did it around Christmas, I think. And then uh, right after I started like planning my videos beforehand instead of Mm -hmm. just recording and hoping for the best. Right, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right.
1: Makes a difference. So
0: you're trying to make content the full-time business and not like build custom furniture or do product sales or, you know, so
2: tell tell me more about that. Like what inspires you to do that? Like I've been, I've I've always been uh, having like, um, made going into interests for like a couple of months. Like a couple of years ago, I started Leathercraft, and I was like, "Oh, this is the thing I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. I just yeah. love it." And then a couple of months passed by, and then I'm like, "Oh, programming, this is what I'm gonna yeah. do." <laughs> uh, and then eventually, I found like uh, maybe YouTube is the thing. Like I can I can do all of that stuff and record it. Yeah. And uh, this is the only thing that's ever stuck with me for so long. I just love all the parts of recording and, and making stuff and um, creating something physical, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I mean,
0: it's interesting that you brought up that you like to do all of those, you know, you like to do leather. You like to do all these different aspects. What's cool about YouTube is, like, let's say six months from now, you get into, I don't I don't know, something with resin or whatever, you can find a way to tie that into your channel as it is now still being like pursuing what's interesting to you at the time, but still going after this larger goal of growing your YouTube channel and all this kind of stuff. And people that are invested in you are going to be probably interested to see what other things you start creating. And it's, it opens you up to so many different avenues and not just, you know, making the same cutting board over and over and I mean, over yeah. and over again for people. Like,
2: yeah. I, I like when people ask me, Oh, you're a woodworker. Could you make us a cabinet? I'm like, <laughs> Oh, should I say yes to this? I really, I, I never want to, I never yeah. want to do it. No, I no. know every
1: single time one of my friends comes to me, Oh, I've got this thing I want to do. I got that thing I want to do. It's like, no, I'm, I'm more interested in learning whatever the new thing is, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. And so it sounds like you're just like Zach and I, like you got into the, the YouTube video production one, cause you thought it was fun. It was interesting. You, you liked watching other YouTube videos and then you realized I can monetize this in a way that I basically get paid to go after all of these little tiny hobbies or thoughts or ideas that crop up in my life. Like
2: that's a sweet job truly is. It's like the best job ever. (laughs) Right.
1: In in some ways, like it allows you to be kind of perpetually a student. Like you can be continuously learning new things. And rather than focusing on perfecting just one thing, you can, you know, you can literally be paid to be a jack of all trades. Right. Which is not something that has really existed up until the last 10, 20 years
2: exactly because that's the thing like moving from interest to interest you you kind of know some stuff but you're not really good at anything you just yeah yeah
1: and learning a new thing is i always find like i like to integrate new things i've learned into new videos cuz there's so much you can talk about when you're first learning a thing It's when you get towards the end, you're just very, you know, you're refining on the little details and little details. But when you're first starting a new hobby, it's like, oh, I have this whole world opened up to me. And there's like all these little things that I can take from in order to make, you know, interesting content.
0: Yeah. So I always like to ask this because I think a lot of people view, you know, folks like us. And they're like, oh, but, you know, they have a big YouTube channel. It's easy. They just make a video and then, like, they get paid thousands and thousands of dollars. What was going through your head or, like, what did you struggle with the most? Like, maybe you posted your first video or you were thinking about posting your first video. Was there one thing that you're like, I don't think this is good enough. Like,
2: people are going to judge me or or anything. Yeah, I, I, I remember the first video. I had been preparing a bit to to release a video and then I I was messing about with the editing and then I just thought, screw it, I'm going to learn along the way and just keep posting until I get good at it, uh, Mm -hmm. which is what I've done. And and you kind of grow into it and you learn just, I don't care what people think, it's just what I do. It's kind of a maturity thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: definitely.
0: So sure. how long, because I always like to set the stage with this, how long from the day you've posted your first video, did it take for you to like get monetized or make even a, like a dollar? Oh, it was probably like two years, basically. Yep. Two years. <laughs> two <laughs> that year. was about me. I was 68 videos posting one video every week. So I was what, like a little over a year, like a year, a year and yeah. a couple of weeks, like. People think you just post a video and instantly just you know paychecks
2: start flying your way. Yeah. Yeah and and what you said about getting stuff. Some people said, "I can't believe you got it for free." And I was like, "I didn't get right it for free." free. Yeah, I it's kind more of, of like have a, to...
1: It's more of an exchange. You're basically bartering for things, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: And, yeah. Yeah. Or like <laughs> um, the years that you went unpaid. And now you're just kind of making up for that. And somebody is giving you, you know, a table saw or a drill or something like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What I I struggle with currently is people around me, uh, they, you know, they ask what I do. And I tell them, like, yeah, I'm a YouTuber. But people around me still go, like, can you come help me tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, ask my wife instead. Well, she's at work. So am I. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. right, right. Yeah. (laughs) So what is it you do? Like, ah. it's it's really hard for people to to realize that this is a job. I think. Yeah. It's like, well, get, I'm
1: going to do some woodworking. I'm going to film it. And then I'm going to edit it. And then I'm going to do some voiceover work. And then I'm going to do some contract negotiation with a brand. It's like, there's a lot that gets packed into it that I don't think people necessarily see.
0: Yeah. My favorite response is, you can make money doing that? <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, you can, <laughs> you can do it pretty well, actually. <laughs> so... Pierre, do you have like a certain, I'm sure people come and ask you, do you have a certain thing that you recommend to people? Like if they're starting maybe a a maker business or wanting to start a YouTube channel or something, do any advice that you would like to give to people?
2: Um, Just, just get into it. I would say, I I think uh, a lot of people are getting into content creation, especially basically start on Instagram and then like, maybe I should do a YouTube video out right. of this. Yeah. Uh, just get into it, start making it. Uh, and if you enjoy it, keep doing it like it's. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's... So, Go ahead, oh, Zach, sorry. Hard. No, we got oh, a little delay, well, okay. you go, you go.
1: Okay, <laughs> Um, I was gonna say, what would you consider your favorite platform? Cause I know you've seen quite a bit of success on Instagram and YouTube lately. So it seems like you're growing quite well on both platforms.
2: So yeah, I, you um, uh, YouTube for sure. Like, yeah, that's the main think, platform for me.
1: I think what everybody we've talked to who does YouTube seems to find it's like their favorite platform. Like once you start to see a little success on YouTube, do you have any? Is that because, you know, in your free time, like Eric and I will always say in our free time, we go on YouTube and we watch YouTube videos. We don't go on Instagram and scroll Instagram. Are you the same way?
2: Yeah, I am I, the worst with Instagram. Like. I, I rarely post, but I, I almost never look at it. Like, yeah. right? I go on there to post basically or to, to DM with people. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and the main reason is I think you've talked about it in the past. Like, it doesn't make me any money at all being on Instagram. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah except for the occasional do you want some free shoes like yeah oh yeah (laughs) oh the 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 indestructible shoes (laughs) yeah (laughs) have you got those too (laughs) oh my god
0: i think everyone gets an offer from every boot company out there they're like we'll send you a free pair of boots Like, I don't want your boots, and they're like, just give me your address, we'll send them to you anyway. I'm like, I do not want your boots. (laughs) Like, if I get them, I'm going to just give them to a friend because I don't want the obligation of feeling like now I need to wear these and test them out. Just please don't send them to me, I don't want your
3: boots.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, but I feel like Instagram is just uh, it's more of an algorithm thing, like, yeah, if you make a real that is like basically looping and people don't realize it's looping they just right. keep watching it then you're uh, then you're in for a good uh, amount of views but on youtube it's more sincere and and people's comments are more sincere as well right I, so I, let me ask you guys this if
0: i could pay you for instagram videos like they did about a year and a half ago. And it only lasted for a couple months. I think it might have been US only. But yeah. you couldn't make a killing. On Instagram videos. Would you guys still do it?
1: Yeah. I think if there was a potential to earn money there. I. I it, it, it's just such a time thing though. It's like. Right. You know. We all know how much time it takes. To make a good YouTube video. I, I, It's. I, I'm so focused on I want to be really good at making YouTube videos and then once I get to a point where I feel like I'm, you know, I'm good enough at that, then maybe I'll start worrying about how to make short form content. Yeah. Um, but yeah, That's it's, I don't know, it's kind of a distant concern for me right now. But <laughs> yeah, if there was a monetary incentive to be there, I would definitely be much more enticing.
2: Yeah. What do you think, Pierre? I think I would be more into it if if I were earning some from it, like Maybe, maybe you use my YouTube videos more to turn them into reels because I, right. I currently don't do that either. Like, um, it's a yeah. skill that you have to learn. Like, let's be real,
0: making long form videos is a skill. You have to be able to craft a message, craft a story, intrigue people, keep them locked in the whole time. The exact same thing you have to do a short form content, even if it's a 10 second clip. How do I glue you to this 10-second clip? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it's a skill that I have, but it's also a skill I don't practice.
1: Well, that's it. But you didn't have a skill for making long-form videos. I still don't. <laughs> yeah, well, that is, that's, that's kind of how I feel too. It's like I'm like just like I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I've graduated from apprentice long-form video maker to so like a journeyman long-form video yeah. maker. And I want to get to master before I even worry about becoming an apprentice short form maker.
0: <laughs> For me, it wasn't until like the last six to 12 months where like I can look back at some of my videos and I'm like, I still like that. I think that's a pretty decent video. I definitely cannot say that about anything prior to that. Like I opened some of my videos up. I'm like, man, this is rough. I wish I yeah. could just completely delete this. Yeah. <laughs>
3: But yeah. everybody goes through that. Oh, I'm yeah.
0: sure.
3: I'm sure. Yeah. So, how long did it take all of y'all to get comfortable posting?
1: Ooh. Well, what do you mean by comfortable posting?
3: Like well, to the to the point where you're like, you post it and you look back on it, like Eric said, a few months later, and you don't go, "I wish I could delete that."
1: I don't know. I don't know that I'll ever really truly be comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Pierre?
2: No, I think I think you're right. Uh, but it, it's one of the good things as well. Like w- whenever I post, I have a, I'm a bit nervous every time. Like, how's it going to go? Oh, I'm and, always uh, nervous. Yeah. 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 All right.
0: You got the YouTube studio app. You're just constantly re- refreshing it. You're like, no, no, it's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Change yeah, the I'm... title. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, I, I always get nervous. I, I never think when I'm posting a video like, oh, this is a sure thing. Like, definitely going to get hundreds of thousands of views on this. I'm always like, this could get 5,000 views at best.
3: <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Pierre, it's it's funny. We're on a podcast. And there's a lot of other maker podcasts out there. And you're on one. And you've got way more episodes than we do. You're at 115, 120? Uh, no, we recorded the uh,
2: 105 yesterday. Actually, 105. Oh,
0: 100. Yeah. yeah. so tell us about your
2: two-person podcast called the Three Northern Makers. <laughs> <laughs> so it started out with uh, two other guys contacted me and said, "Do you want to be on a podcast?" And I said, "Sure, yeah, that would be fun." So we we started out three, hence three Northern Makers. Yeah, and then one of the guys was like not into woodworking anymore so he he just quit and we said uh, we'll just continue the two of us and we can have guests on and uh and we'll call them the the third northern yeah, maker, yeah, that's cool. basically yeah yeah, yeah but we were uh, we were on a streak in the beginning we we're really up front uh getting guests like we had uh bourbon jason hibbs and mm-hmm, yep. uh quite a few big names on the podcast. Nowadays, it's just me and uh, Steve, uh, who's become a really good friend of mine and basically chat every week. And it's just like two friends meeting up, basically. Right. I really enjoy it.
0: That's awesome. So for us, the podcast is an excuse for like-minded people to get together. And it's an easy way for us to be able to connect with other people in the community and just learn about other people and stuff like this i don't have anybody in my immediate space like if i go hang out with my friends or go out to dinner or whatever i don't talk about youtube because they're just going to be like "Eh, whatever or like i don't talk about woodworking because they don't care but like building a podcast is an awesome way to be able to connect with people and have those deep level rooted conversations you know just very quickly
2: yeah. Yeah. And exactly what everything that we've talked about right now is stuff I, I can talk to about it with my wife, but she's not, she listens, but she's, she's not never going to understand. It's a 10 out of 10, right. for example. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Like you, if like, Pierre, you posted a video and you're like, oh my gosh, I posted one this morning. and It's a 10 out of 10. Zach and I are going. Oh, oh man, I am so sorry. Like I can feel it, that for you, and you don't have to explain that to anyone else. <laughs> yeah. When you have a somebody normal in person, your community.
1: a normal person hears ten out of ten and they assume that's great.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So is your so your wife is part is she, if correct me if I'm wrong. She's part of the
2: business, right? She does she makes things as well. Uh, she makes things as well we initially thought about like having a, a website where we sold stuff that was made from her and me yeah mm-hmm. um, so she's into pottery and uh, and silver silver making oh that's ju- cool. like jewelry and stuff uh, but now she's working uh, basically full time as a teacher so she's doing that i'm doing this Basically do you that.
1: have any aspirations, you know, one day if your channel takes off, goes to the moon and you're making millions of dollars, do you think she would ever quit her job and then also be more involved with your business?
2: Yeah, I think so. Because one of the reasons that we moved as well was like I was going to work uh, for eight, nine hours a day. And not only that, I was spending the best hours at work as well. Yeah. So the woodworking and content creation was left for the weekends or late evenings when... Those hours are rubbish as well. I'm I'm just yep. tired and don't want to yes. do it. Yep. And we were kind of playing with the thought, like move to a farm. We could grow some food. How many How many days of of a month can we stay at home if we grow our own food? Like mm-hmm. two, three days, maybe. Like, yeah. What? How? How far can we stretch it? Like, we don't want to go to work. None of us basically. So, <laughs> <Yes>. yeah, <laughs> want to uh, yeah. be at home. <laughs>
1: So that okay, so that uh, opens up a whole new avenue of questions then, because so, how much time do you devote to running your farm?
2: Um, nothing right now. So my okay. father in law is keeping cows here, meat cows. Okay. So he's gonna keep doing that uh, until he doesn't want to do it anymore. So, yeah, um we're focused on uh, fixing a workshop. We promised my daughter a horse when we moved here, so we need to build build her okay. a stable. Ooh. And then uh, the third step is to build ourselves a new house uh, okay. on the farm. Yeah. Oh,
1: wow. And would you be doing a lot of that?
2: Yeah, I hope to do most of it.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. Very cool, man. Yeah. That's uh, that's kind of a dream of mine, so I'm very jealous.
2: <laughs> building a house <laughs> or building... Yeah.
1: Well, building yeah. my own house. I've built tons of houses before, but
2: yeah. Yeah. Always it's... for
1: other people, unfortunately.
2: It's so crazy expensive right now, though, so... uh i know it's
1: very daunting it's like the the price of building like i I mean every woodworker maker knows it but the price of building a house in terms of materials has doubled and maybe even tripled in the last three four years it's just nuts
0: yeah oh you just get me excited because i can't even grow like flowers at my place (laughs) like you're like i i got meat cows we're gonna grow our own food i'm like damn i'm so jealous yeah, I get but jealous just when like, people have a tomato plant because I can't even have one of those.
1: But it's a lot of work, like tending yeah. to tending to animals and tending to crops is almost a full time job in and of itself. So that's why I was curious to hear you say talking about potentially, you know, growing your own food and stuff like that. Yeah, I, no, yeah. Go ahead. I, I just worry I, that it wouldn't be economical, time wise, if you're if you're Super focused on the content game.
2: Nah, nah. I will see where the content game takes me. I think because because uh, if it makes us uh, enough money to to sustain ourselves and the house, uh, maybe we don't want to have. We won't have time to grow our own food, but yeah, uh, it's it's like an option at least to yeah, be right? able to oh, do it. And, and I mean, who knows?
1: Maybe it becomes part of the content, right? Like people yeah, people might want to. You know, you might want to spend a few months learning about growing crops turning yeah. to animals and you yeah. know now you have an avenue to actually monetize learning that new skill. Yeah.
2: yeah. I remember last summer we were he- we've been here every summer because uh, it's the su- uh, we live in the summer house right now. And I was set up, I had a com- computer, the camera, I was recording a laser review video mm. uh, but in the garden basically, so I had everything set up. Uh, my wife was away with the kids and uh, I heard like uh, animals running towards me. And then came the like 40 cows came straight towards me. I was like, no, not the camera, not the computer. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> they had been uh, breaking out of the fence because they were hungry, I think. And um, so I called my father-in-law, like all the cows are here. They're eating up the garden right now. All the oh my berries gosh. and everything. They're just eating everything. And he was like, See, yeah, take, take them back. Take them back. And I'm like, how?
1: <laughs> when... Eric let me ask you this do you ever get self-conscious about any of your neighbors hearing you recording videos
0: oh oh, I get self-conscious about getting on the podcast and like that's why I always close my window and I'm like what if somebody like walks by and they're like who's this idiot just talking into their computer with like a, a microphone two inches away from their face like if I'm outside and like I want to film a little shot where I'm like walking in the garage or something, I'm like, oh god, people are gonna think I'm an idiot yeah, setting, yeah, setting up the camera.
1: Up. Well, this is a big concern for me too. But I was like, when Pierre, when you said you moved to a Farm, I was like, oh, that must be so nice. You don't have to worry about the neighbors bugging you when you're recording, and you don't have to worry about you know potentially somebody overhearing. But now I'm hearing that oh, you have to worry about cows rushing your camera
2: when you're recording. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different set of worries. The cows <laughs> are
0: rushing the set. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Have you guys done the 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 recording in public then? Uh, uh, very
1: limited. Well, I I filmed my Christmas special. I went to like a Home Depot, Home Depot parking yeah. lot and I was just giving away tools. Oh, so yeah. that oh, was you... that
3: was incredibly nerve wracking. So you guys weren't <laughs> given a Festool saw to go take out into the public and do cuts on?
0: <laughs> oh, I tried to get on that one. Did you, you So you're talking about the video that I, a lot of people I know Drew Witt did one like where he was like them, yeah. in San Antonio, and yeah. then Jason, did you see this one Zach and Pierre? Well, Jason well, from think Bourbon so. Moth. Jason, did yeah, did an ad. You've got to look at his page. You will piss your pants. Um, I he basically if he got clearance. Well, how did he get clearance to do it?
3: Or if he did before, I he know. Did
0: oh come on, knowing Jason, he just he just, in? he just went. So he basically takes the new. Cordless festival table saw walks into a library and just fires it up and starts cutting stuff for people. And like security comes in and like kicks them out and stuff. It is so funny because Craig is video guy is like is this like hiding behind stuff, like videotaping them and stuff. And that's hilarious. They were not happy about it, but it's pretty good. Yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh. you know, I can't even imagine doing something like that. I'd be so self-conscious. The yeah. most I've ever filmed in public was, like, I used to, you know, show, like, on very beginner projects, like, hey, I got this sheet of plywood from the home center, and I just cut it down in the parking lot at the home center. And when I would, like, pull out my camera, or like, it was my phone at the time, and, like, set it up on a tripod in the parking lot, I would get the weirdest looks from people. Yeah. And I was like, do this as fast as I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: like. So that's, uh. That's one of the nice things about making YouTube videos is, like, to a large extent, like it's just me alone in the shop, so I don't have to be right. like super worried about all this stuff. I don't think I, I don't think I could be, you know, a person who records in public all the time. It'd be too weird for me,
2: like it's a news pre- anchor. Yeah, yeah, it's the perfect job for an introvert. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Oh, mm-hmm. this one time I had to, um, I had to record a sponsored video in my driveway. Th- oh, the security like, camera! No, <laughs> the not case. that. That one wasn't too bad because that one, all the outside stuff, I just kind of like set up the camera and like did it. You, you basically didn't see it was there. But I actually had to talk to my camera and do like multiple takes right at the front of my driveway with my truck in frame because it was for. Car insurance company.
0: Oh yeah, I remember. That and one. the
1: neighbors were just walking by, and I'm like, "This is You're my like... baby," and I only take it to the best auto place. It was like, so <laughs> cringy. <laughs> it was so cringy. <laughs> was so cringy. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, that's bad. So,
3: who makes you feel more self-conscious, uh, doing that kind of stuff in front of your significant others, or in front of perfect strangers?
1: Oh, oh awesome. I don't mind doing it in front of my my girlfriend i'm okay. i'm actually pretty yeah i don't get self-conscious for because she imps me up she's she believes in me more than i believe in myself
3: oh that's awesome
1: so yeah i think i think having that support there is it's actually like kind of a, like a weight off a lot of the time
2: mm-hmm. what about you pierre yeah well i would rather close the door so so that when i record so that my wife doesn't hear or right interact with me but uh for sure it's easier with it with her than in public uh, i i I can't remember how many times I've been like, oh, I'm going to record some stuff at the lumberyard or whatever, wherever." Right. And I'm bringing the camera, and then I'm like, "Nah, yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah,
1: I always oh. do that. I'll get, I'm like, "Oh, I'll get some like good like little pickup shots when I'm at the lumberyard." And it's like you get there and you're like, "I think I'll just leave the camera in the car." <laughs>
0: yeah, oh. they get the point. I've yeah. tried to do a couple Instagram stories at the lumberyard because, like, my lumberyard's really cool. It's this. It's like a uh, an old sawmill. It's in the middle of nowhere. This big barn. They cut all their stuff down there. They dry it. They have the kilns. It's the coolest place. Mm-hmm. But I did like a couple Instagram stories one time. And so I like have my I have my phone up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting lumber right now. I'm doing this, this, and this. And then I turn around and there's this guy that I, I guess I have to try to describe it because it's an audio platform. He has like the biggest eyes ever blank stare looking at me pauses for like three seconds then just goes what are you doing (laughs) and i felt like the biggest idiot ever and i was like just take my money here this is the wood i want i'm leaving bye i never want to see you again
3: i work with tools i don't want to feel like one Right. Yeah. The mill I
1: go to, they actually like they promote a lot on Instagram. Oh so I think a lot of the time when I'm there, they're like, Yeah, come on, do something. Like get on your get on your phone and start (laughs) recording something. Don't just buy the lumber and get out of here. Let's get some free promotion in.
0: (laughs) This place that I go to doesn't even have a phone, so I don't think they're interested in doing that.
1: Yeah.
0: Nice. Do you guys get it where your partner, if they hear or watch your stuff, gives you constructive feedback. Let's say like Miranda will always go. You never say that word in real life. Why did you just say it nine times during that paragraph where you did the voiceover? She's like, this isn't you talking. I was like, but it's me. She's like, this isn't you. Huh. Do you well, guys get I, that?
1: Um, Sophie gives me more. Cause like Sophie was an actor for a long time. Right? So she'll give me like, uh kind of like conventional wisdom i would say okay. like she'll often say things like um oh you're like you're looking like right at what i'm doing now i'm like looking into the corner of the room as i speak yeah uh because that's just what i normally do so she's like no you need to like look at the camera the entire time you're recording and like some of these little things i'm like i don't know that it matters that much on youtube like There's a little bit more, it's, uh, you can throw out some of the old conventional wisdom sometimes, but she often Mm. gives me little pointers like that.
2: I I, I almost get the pointers uh, on the stuff I do. Like, um, oh, the cabinet looks good. Uh, Is it only going to be two shelves? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I get all the time. Is it <laughs> supposed to have this gap?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, most of the stuff that you make, do you ever do like commissioned products or pieces now or is it pretty much just all what you and your family need?
2: Uh, for now it's what we need. I've I've done some commission pieces, but um like I said I don't really enjoy that part, so right. Um, I, I try to find projects right now that I, that I enjoy making, but that I also think are going to do well on, on YouTube. Like, Mm -hmm. that's
1: that's Uh, the biggest thing, right? Yeah. Like I think to a large degree, most of the stuff I make is stuff for myself. I almost never build anything for clients. Sometimes I build stuff for friends to give away, but the, the number one thing is always like, will somebody want to watch this built? Yeah. And, if and it whenever pass that test, it doesn't happen.
2: No, exactly. I I did a bathroom cabinet recently, uh, which is going to be a video. And I thought this is so boring. It's like a shaker style door. It's just a cabinet. Everyone's seen it a thousand of times, right? Uh, so I had to come up with a story around it. Like, uh, yeah. can I make can I make it in one day? So that uh, eventually became the thing. Like, oh, I'll see if I can make it in one day. Okay, okay, That's yes,
0: that adds like it's a different spin on your regular just i'm building a cabinet video right yeah you have to make it interesting
1: yeah yeah and it's almost like you need to you need to lead with that concept of the timeline it's like i'm i'm pretty sure the word like bathroom vanity cabinet will not appear in the title
2: of (laughs) that video (laughs) (laughs) it'll be you my
1: hardest 24-hour
0: challenge
2: Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah But then you get people going, well, this is clickbait. You're just trying to lure people into watching your video. And the response (laughs) is, you're absolutely right. I'm trying to lure people into watching the video. That's what YouTube is about.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So,
1: Pierre, uh, you're also pretty big into 3D printing, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, You you talked about it a bit last week. Uh, Like I've, Mm -hmm. I've been having an Etsy store. That was also one of those. Oh, I'm gonna do an Etsy store and sell 3D printed items, yeah. and uh, and now like, nah, I'm not gonna do it anymore. I'll <laughs> sell I'll sell the, I'll sell the yeah. files instead. Yes, Selling you sell the STLs. Yeah.
1: Do you do you often get? Um, I've had quite a few people complain in the comments of my videos that they're like, oh, 3D printing is all supposed to be about open source and sharing things. They get mad that I sometimes sell the STL files. Uh,
2: I haven't gotten that. Okay. now but i haven't sold uh, the stl files uh, yet okay, either so that I might see. happen well yeah. well it takes time to create the file right yeah. Yeah. if you make something yeah. from scratch it's going to take time for okay. sure i mean yeah. yeah it's
1: just a it's like any other product at the end of the day right yeah,
2: yeah. so they, um no go ahead go zach go
1: i was just gonna ask what kind of printers are you running
2: Uh, I've got two uh, Lab P1Ps right now. So I was kind of curious because you both got the Creality printer, right?
1: Yeah, the K1 Max.
2: I think so, yeah. 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 How is it?
1: It's great. I've actually been really enjoying it. So I was worried because the Crealities have this reputation of, you know, you kind of have to tinker with them in order to get them to print well. But this one has actually been maybe less work to just get it up and running than even my Bamboo Labs X1s were. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. So
1: I've been really impressed with just the ease of use with it. I have it actually printing in the other room right now. Um, yeah, it's quiet. It's big. It's, it's 300 uh, millimeters by 300 millimeters by 300 millimeters.
0: Yeah, That's so, It's not small.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's got a it's got a good size footprint, but it's like that extra build volume is nice a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's I a, it's think a- the
0: best review you can give it is if somebody like me, who knows, I've always been interested in 3D printers, but I don't know a damn thing about them. I just have started printing stuff like no problem. I don't even know what any of the settings mean by like changing the temperature or the speed or whatever and i'm printing stuff left and right and it's turned out great yeah, yeah. Like, again that's why i these, say uh, it's like ten
3: boxes
0: up. recently for like the uh, for like the sustainers like they have these little organizer boxes oh, and you yeah. take them out but like i got all kinds of you know detail and stuff in it it works fantastic did I you no make components. that yourself
1: or did you find that
0: no i made it myself on fusion
1: nice and nice.
0: now i'm addicted to fusion i was like <laughs> Why did I ever even waste time
2: trying to learn SketchUp? Yeah, yeah, Fusion is the best.
3: Yeah,
1: right. are you Fusion? Are you do you use Fusion primarily here? Yeah, um,
2: only. I, only. I I love it.
1: Nice. Well, we're all yeah. blind then. Did
2: you <laughs> start with SketchUp? Uh, I did years ago, but then I I got into Fusion um, like two years ago, I think, and I was like, oh, this is good. This is really good. Right takes like three steps and then you you built a
0: basic cabinet and you're like oh i want to make it an inch bigger and then you just press a button and everything else moves you're like oh my god sketchup i might as well just completely restart it (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) to make something an inch bigger i've worked with architects
1: that designed entire houses in sketchup i'm like how how Right. It's if you amazing. want to move a
0: door open two to uh, move a door two inches start over, start the whole
1: like, house over again.
0: Right. <laughs> it's awful. So, so where, do you foresee yourself um, using these three D printed you know products that you that you're making? Do you ever foresee yourself selling them like the physical
2: product? It's as well. Um. No, I don't think so. I'm going to get back to that. I, I did sell some. You talked about the mag. What was that?
0: That's what yeah. I wanted to ask you about, like the mag yeah. port things for dust collection, because I, I noticed them in some of your videos and I wanted to have a discussion about
2: those with you. Like what I did was I, I, I inserted the magnet. So I stopped the printer. Uh, oh, that's clever. Mid yeah. mid print. Oh, and then I insert smart. the magnets so the magnets won't ever come loose. Uh, but genius. I, I didn't know about the the mag the thing you mentioned last week in the podcast the mag mag port I think is what it's called yeah. yeah I I saw something similar on Etsy that's why I made my own okay uh, okay uh, and then I thought the the magnets needs to be inside of the plastic instead yeah because yeah, I have toxied first... mine in yeah oh yeah yeah.
1: When you first held that up here, I assumed that the magnets were on the opposite side, but that's really yeah. clever putting them right in there. Did you have yeah. to allow a certain amount of tolerance? Because I'm imagining the nozzle, the printer would have like bumped the magnets around as it.
2: As yeah, I was afraid of that as well, but it, it prints perfectly. It stops right where where I can insert it, and then it's just it's basically level when I uh, yeah. when I put the magnet in, and it keeps printing. And uh, I was afraid the the magnet was gonna stick to the nozzle uh, right <laughs> but well, that wasn't an issue
1: no, oh, no wow crazy did you have so, is there a way to get it to the it to stop at a certain layer ask.
2: yeah so in the slicer you basically at least in the bamboo slicer you right click uh in the preview you can right click at any any level and yeah because you, yeah,
0: yeah. you can drag the thing up that's like oh i want to view what level 117 looks
2: like or something yeah exactly and then you can right click and then say pause
1: Oh, I didn't know what? that. Okay. Well that's huh. that's really good to know. I'm yeah. desperate for the day when Bamboo adds the new Creality printers to the Bamboo Slicer because the Bamboo Slicer is so much better than the Creality Slicer. Oh, yeah. uh,
0: okay. Yeah. yeah. I haven't even sort of messed around with that. Mm. But so when you so stuff that you typically 3D print, are these things that you're going after as far as like developing a product for yourself you're having like an issue of like oh i wish i had a way to quickly connect my dust collection ports oh i should do like a magnetic one is that where most of your 3d print projects stem from like solving yeah. for issues
2: yeah solving issues and also compatibility between brands because mm-hmm. uh, f- uh i have a bosch miter saw so, and uh and the festival vac right and, uh, none of those companies are ever going to make a connector between those things so nope. that's where 3d printing really shines i think is when you can make a connector and the other day i was like i need to vacuum the floor and uh what if i could attach the vacuum rod to the festivals uh, vac right oh yeah and I, I made a custom thing for that it's perfect for that sort of stuff and so, like, that alone, if you – because
0: I bought it. I bought the Festool set that comes with all the different attachments and stuff so I can, you know, use it as a floor sleeve. But, I mean, it had to have been $200 plus. And if you have a 3D printer and it costs you $0.25, cents, you know, basically at the, the cost of a pack of gum to print out this little connector, you just yeah. saved yourself
2: hundreds of dollars. Yeah, and – and i think uh, the new printers that are so fast changed the game because i got my first printer like 6 years ago okay. and whenever you loaded up a file like like a vacuum connector it would be like that's going to take 8 hours and i was like oh, i'm not going to do it it's too long for some reason right and yep. uh, now it's like it's everything takes 1 hour it seems like yeah <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah unless you're doing something really massive that'll spit it out pretty
3: quickly
0: yeah. Even like one of these big festival boxes that I printed out, which is probably two inches by eight inches by about three or four inches tall, you know, pretty good size. Like this used a good amount of filament. This only took like an hour and a half to print, and so I just, yep. you know, press print and then keep working on something. Like mm-hmm. it's not really. Yeah, good and fail. the nice thing
1: about three D printers is just like you're saying, like they they're once it gets going and you know you have your first layer down, you're like okay, I have good adhesion. You can leave it yeah um, so like today I was working on a whole bunch of different things, but I had the printers running in the background constantly, just working on various iterations of prototypes. and it's nice to be able to work like that.
2: yeah
0: what I what I enjoy is that both of you guys are on the same thought process as me is that 3D printing isn't a separate entity. It's like another tool in your toolbook to help you as a woodworker or a maker. Yeah. Just solve issues. Like, yes. I think that's what I think people categorize certain tools in certain areas being like, oh, if you have a CNC, you're a CNC woodworker. Yeah. No, like you can use a CNC to make templates. And then now you can go use a router like a regular woodworker and be able to create all this really cool stuff. It just adds more capabilities to your tool set that you already have.
1: Mm -hmm. Totally. It's, it's, 3D. You, you'd be surprised how many times you be in a situation building something out of wood and you're like, oh, I just wish I had a little right angle out of plastic. Right. And you're like, okay, yeah, I'll just go make that real quick. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. just, it's this little, it's these, all these little filler things. It can just, uh, it can just, I don't know, it just solves problems.
0: <laughs> Pierre, do you have a product that you're brainstorming in your head right now <laughs> that you're trying to like design or create, and you're like, I think this would really help me out.
2: Uh, I'm actually working on a project right now for. Um, do you know the the magic mirror thing? No. Um,
1: like a where you take an LCD screen and put it behind a a mirror.
2: Yeah. So yeah, uh, it, it's basically like a community uh, around the magic mirrors, and I always thought they were cool, but the mirrors kind of in the way. Hmm. So I've um, I got a um, like a touch display instead, and it's just a, the display basically. So okay, a touch display, and on the back the you can mount the Raspberry Pi basically. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yep. Then I thought I could I could make like a info screen for my workshop. So I three D printed like the um, uh, I don't know if you can see, but it's basically like a frame around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
2: and then I can attach some wood to frame it in. Yeah, uh, and that that was done with fusion and some three D printing, which is awesome. Sick. Like that would be really hard to do with the woodworking, even with the CNC. I think.
0: Yes, and it's it's the like the the I'm blanking on the the term, but we're like where you can do like iterations. Like, okay, you print off a really really rough version. Okay, does my stuff fit in there? Now I'm gonna go back and like modify this, 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 and this, print it again. You can very, very quickly drill down from a super rough concept idea to something that's very, very refined in a short period of time. And mm-hmm. you're not going to put, you're not going to make 10 versions of the same frame out of wood. You're going to go, eh, this is good enough.
2: Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It It's a, a double-edged sword though because I find a lot of the time, I'm like, Oh, it'd be better if I move this over like a millimeter. I have a hard time w- when it's in wood and it's there in front of you. You're like, okay, this is fine. Like I, it's close enough. I don't need right. to worry about it when it's just another print away. And it could be just that little bit better. It's hard not to just keep going back and iterating and iterating.
3: Right.
0: Like, like I, I you know, I'm bringing up these festival organizer boxes. I was making this and it's got this really weird pattern on the bottom. So it, slots in perfectly and i was like if i make that a tenth of a millimeter longer i can get it just a little more snug in that spot yes. but it, like if i would have made it out of wood i would have never done that i would have been exactly. like oh, it's good enough yes. but 3d printer you just change a little number and you're good to go and it's going to make my woodworking that much easier and that much more excited for me to go out and build something out of wood it just adds to your
2: capabilities yeah Probably. Are you going to sell those uh, inserts files so, later?
0: I don't know. This is something to me it's just like okay, technically Festool doesn't make this size. But it's the same like shape and has the same like you know in- integrated locking pieces and stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: This and this is kind of a discussion we had last week. Where do you draw the line between you making a unique contribution to a new idea and you copying or stealing someone's item, right? Yeah, yeah. So like your magports things that you had made, the same the general concept is the same thing that I've made and the same thing that the person who runs Magport is, but you have like these cylindrical coils on the outside that probably make the hose stick to it a little bit better. And you have the magnets embedded inside. Is that a unique enough selling proposition to make your product stand out from theirs? And I don't have the
2: answer. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And also, um, if they have a patent, I I have no clue to what right. extent yeah. that will protect their their thing. Right.
0: Yeah. I think that's what kind of scares me with the making that product or making these festival bins and selling the physical product. If I sell the like the STL the 3D file again, is that different? Are you allowed to do that? I don't know. No, me neither. And I think that's kind of the scary thing is, Mm -hmm. but I mean, obviously if Festool's lawyers came after me, I'd be like, oh yeah, no, yeah, no, I didn't, didn't mean any thing by doing this. I was just making something available that uh, it didn't seem like it was available. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, and then I wonder if there's also a distinction between selling the physical product and selling the STL file. Yeah. Like, is it illegal to sell the STL file? that you could then use to create those things. Is that legally different than selling the actual thing itself?
0: I don't know, but this box is different than the festival one because the bottom of it doesn't have the exact same cutouts. I don't have these little relief holes that the festival ones does. Now it fits the same area, but the box itself is not the same. So Mm -hmm. is that different enough?
1: I don't know. I guess next week we need to have a lawyer on the show.
0: Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) That would be really interesting. Um, Yeah, it would be. uh, Mike Clifford, Modestro Maker. Didn't he used to be a patent attorney? He did. He did. We should uh, should
1: ask him if he wants to be on the show.
2: That would be interesting, yeah.
0: Because I think that's the, at least the path that I very quickly got into with the 3d printing thing as i was like oh my gosh i can make all these this is so helpful this is a fantastic product can
2: i do this yeah and i don't know yeah yeah there's a lot of stuff like legal stuff that i've uh, been thinking about when making videos like can i can i put the ikea logo on my thumbnail is that is that okay (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. well even not just the ikea logo but like you'd be surprised what's copyrighted like you go on google and you google image search arrow png because you just want to have like an arrow pointing at something in your thumbnail a lot of the pngs are actually copyrighted yeah so and you are maybe technically using it for a commercial purpose by putting it in the thumbnail of your video now are you actually going to see any you know is anything bad going to happen to you probably not but theoretically it could
0: Hmm. i know uh you guys know daniel dunlap from daniel dunlap woodworks yeah, um, yeah. He used to make these like Lego trays, so it's like you know the building block Legos. Yep. And it was yeah, like I think a,
1: Lego's pretty litigious.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He would make these like trays, so I guess the kids we you know they build their Legos on this tray and then you like put the tray away and it's easy cleanup or whatever. He got in trouble for using, you know. I'm just guessing what the Etsy word was like mid-century modern walnut Lego tray. He yeah. got like a cease and desist for using Lego tray in right. the title.
1: <laughs> and here's the other thing too. Sometimes these companies will just send out cease and desist, even if yeah. they know that they have no legal footing, right. You know, cause they know that they can just scare people out of using the
0: name. Right. And
1: right. nobody wants to go through the effort of having a big drawn out legal dispute with the
0: Lego corporation. No, <laughs> like, and that's the thing. Like, you, none of us have massive legal teams behind our business. Like yeah. if you, you know, Pierre, if you put that Ikea logo on your thumbnail, like you don't have a legal team backing you up being like, actually, you know, if you look at this, this, and this, he's allowed to do that. What yeah. we would do is we would just change the thumbnail. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's scary. Like I've heard of people in the past, they would do like Ikea furniture flip hack things or like how to turn this you know this ikea piece add a couple extra things now it's like a brand new piece of furniture that ikea was trying to get all those people in trouble who were doing stuff like that in the past i don't know if they stopped because i still see those on youtube all the time yeah Mm. i don't know it's scary. Yeah. Tread lightly out there, everybody who's listening. Yeah.
1: So, Real quick, I think we're getting close to the end of the show, but I wanted to ask Pierre one final question before we wrap up the main show. What was it that dissuaded you from pursuing the 3D printed uh, objects business? What was the main thing that you encountered that made you want to give it up?
2: Um, it's just uh, something keeping me from doing what I really want to do. Yeah, Yeah. basically Just, that's the thing. Like, I saw an order, like Shopify notification on my phone. And I was like, "Oh man, I need to go to the post office again." Right, that right. That was basically it. Yeah. So, so we, if you could do something
0: like our buddy uh, Jonathan Katz Moses, a big part of his business is he is basically the fulfillment or creator of people's products. So, like, let's. I don't think he does three D printing yet. But like, hypo- hypothetically, think if you made the STL file and then mm. sold it, and then when when somebody went to your website and bought the you know dust collector fittings or whatever, it just shot the order to Jonathan. Jonathan then created that, handed all the shipping and fulfillment. Would that be something that you
2: would entertain? That would be a lot better, I think, because. Uh, because the thing is, if you find a product that that people want and sell, uh, it will sell a lot of it. Like Drew right. Drew Witt is selling right. a bunch of his yep. uh, fittings for the the sauce. So, right, that would be a good idea. Because I think, I think Drew does his own fulfillment, if I'm not mistaken. I think oh yeah, he does. yeah, yeah. And what's that guy Shop Nation? Um... Oh Travis.
1: Yeah. Travis. yeah, he does wow. his own fulfillment yeah. too. Yeah. yeah,
2: but
0: and no knock to either of them because they're crushing it. I can't think of anything worse than Fulfilling having to orders. collect pieces and pa- Oh, then the green service podcast. Damn it. I missed a good opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything worse than having to like pack up orders and bag them up and, and ship them and put the right labels on it all day, every day. That mm-hmm. would kill me.
1: And mm. also, you know,
0: 3d printers are quick,
1: but they're not that quick. Yeah, If you're printing at scale and you're, you know, even if you're only getting whatever 10 orders a week or something like that, that's probably one solid day a week that your 3D printer is completely occupied just right. replenishing your inventory and you can't right. be using it for, you know, a video or making your own stuff, right? So that's something yeah. to consider as well.
0: Yeah. Or if it's in your house where, you're, where your spouse let you just go, <laughs> <laughs> while you're trying to sleep, like they're yeah, going like, to turn put it in that the room. Yeah. <laughs> well i think we've gotten to the end of the main show um pierre for the people who don't join us over in the after show tell them where they can find you where they can find more about what you're doing
2: uh the swedish maker on youtube that's the best place to go uh yeah support him on uh support him on youtube go check out his
0: podcast (laughs) uh why did I completely blank on this? Three Northern Makers, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Go check out Three Northern Makers, and again, by listening to them, you're joining our fight and again against the Green Suiters podcast.
2: <laughs> I've never listened to that one. I don't blame okay. you. you yeah. <laughs> it's terrible <laughs>
1: to be avoided. But if it's you ever want to, you, you can Spotify. find them on Spotify and every other place that yeah. podcasts yeah. are found.
0: But you definitely don't want to. <laughs> That's great. So for everybody else. We appreciate you listening. We are going to head over to the after show and uh, knock out a couple of fun things. And if you mm-hmm. want to join us over there, you can go to patreon.com slash off the cut podcast. But no pressure because we will be back here next week.
1: Yes, we will. See you, everybody.
0: See you. Bye.